Good day, guys. This is your homegirl, Shalom, saying a beautiful, beautiful hello from this side. Trust you're all doing amazing. Well, quickly today, I want to talk about something that I had previously discussed on in my podcast that I released on January the 16th, titled Christian Awarding. Which one are you and which one am I? Now, I got burdened for that podcast, I must confess, because I looked at the state of the church today, the state of individual Christians, and it got me concerned and burdened. And I remember saying in that podcast that the church has picked up a culture of complacency. Even individual Christians too have also picked up a culture of satisfaction. They've made satisfaction their watchword which is not supposed to be. And what we have today that we call Christianity is a self-made, watered-down version of Christianity compared to what God wants us to practice and what he wants us to live out. You'll understand why I made that statement as we go along. Now, a lot of people come to the house of God without knowing the owner of the house. And... It is not about the number of services that you attend, but the relationship you have with that God. Now, I saw a quote somewhere that says, a lot of people know hymns as in H-Y-M-N-S, songs. But a lot of people don't know him. H-I-M, that's God. And it's a sort of pathetic situation because... What we have today, as compared, like compared to what God wants us to practice, compared to the kind of Christianity that Christ introduced to us, the kind of love, because I don't think Christianity is a religion. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a life. Now, the difference between Christianity and every other faith in the world, name it is that all other religions are all about man trying to reach up to God, which you can't even try to because the gap is just so much. Like the chasing is just so much. It is so much man reaching up to God. I wonder when we'll even finish that, you know? But only Christianity makes us know that that is not the way it's supposed to be. Christianity is all about God reaching down to man. I've always said it, that man never looks for God. It has always been God from the beginning, from the outset, from the inception that looks out, reaches out to man. And I don't know what greater love anyone can call that. That is the most beautiful form of love I have ever seen and experienced in the little way that I have that baffles me. There's a song that says, I'll forever be chasing after you. And that song, typically, it describes God's love in such a way that it just makes you cry. Like, it makes you, it makes you wonder, what have I done to deserve such love? Well, I want to advise I want to just dish out this advice to young people and any other person listening to me. Don't sell one day for the next. Now, 
In this podcast, the title is still Christian or Worldling, but here I'm asking today, who do you work for? Caesar or God? Who do you prioritize? Who do you think is important? And how do you, how do you give unto these people? Caesar or God? Now, anything can be your Caesar, your work, your school, whatever it is, can be your Caesar. But I want to make you understand that there is a place, in my humble opinion, for God. And there is a place for Caesar. And I know a lot of people have heard that saying because it came from Christ in the Bible. If you're familiar with that saying, Christ said, give and render unto Caesar that which belongs to Caesar. And render unto God that which belongs to God. Now, I realized today that a lot of us, we work, well, let me say 90% for Caesar. Whatever your Caesar is, name it. You can, you can bring it down. But we use 10% for God. That is, that is even if it is 10%. And it's kind of heartbreaking. You know, the person we are supposed to prioritize, we do not prioritize. And so I've decided to ask this question. Caesar or God, who do you work for? Now, if you look at all the Ten Commandments, all the Ten Commandments that was given in the Bible, they're all about relationships, period. Like, and they're all about relationships, either improving your relationship with God or improving your relationship with man. When you have time, you can go back to it. All the commandments from the first to the tenth. They only talk about relationships strictly. And you wonder why God is so much interested, is so interested in having an affair with man. Let me put it that way. Having a relationship with man. Having intimacy with man. You know, and he deserves it. Anyone who understands what God did for the human race will know that if God says he's a perfect gentleman, but if he, if he gives you a certain kind of um, a law, a certain kind of thing to do, I don't think it is too much in my humble opinion. You know, I was saying that there's a difference between Christianity and all other religion. Now, some people take practice Christianity as religion because they make it, they make some set of codes, some set of conduct, some set of rules. Oh, don't drink, don't do this. Of course, it's part of the Bible and it's it's very, very important. And it's something that you can't do without. But the thing is, God didn't make us. So God didn't reach out to us in legalism. He reached out to man in love. Pure, unadulterated love. Not legalism. If God reached out to every man in legalism, I don't know where any one of us, including myself, would be today. Because man cannot cope with legalism. Now, I quickly want to narrow this down. Who do you work for? A lot of us just work. You know, I've heard stories of people who work. They work till the end, you know. They, 
the ones who are retired, the ones who are middle-aged, the ones who are young, we all have schedules that are relentless and we'll continue having that. That is just life and that is what life will keep throwing at you. As soon as you think you've finished one, another one keeps coming. But then, who do you work for? There are three or four things I like to talk about here. Number one, we starve our soul. You know, I was actually doing a little research on this before coming on here. And I realized that the devil has been a veteran for a long, long time. And apart from being a veteran, he's, uh, he's been a hunter for souls. So you do imagine, you do wonder, I mean, why is Satan so interested in the soul of a man? And why is it that same soul that God is interested in? So today I want to narrow it down by saying, one, we starve our soul. Luke 12, 19 to 20 says, And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. You know, these verses only talk about, they clearly talk about how man thinks in his own finite mind. We think that the things we have belong to us. Forgetting that when we leave this mortal plane, there is somebody that we're supposed to account to. You know, so the first thing is we starve our soul and we can see that in the verse. I may not be able to talk about the old verse, but I just want us to know and put into mind. Who do you work for, Caesar or God? And how do you prioritize these people? Then secondly, we strangle our souls. And that is in Mark 4 verses 19. Christ was given a parable on what happens to seeds that are sown. And he was trying to make examples by saying that some people have the seeds in them. But then the cares of the world, they choke the seed and don't allow it to grow. That's one of the ways which we strangle our souls. The third one is we, sur- we surrender our souls. That's First Peter 2.11. We give in to passions. We give in to deeds of the flesh. And the thing about passion is it eats into the soul like cancer that if you're not careful, oh my God, it's something that has to be destroyed, that can be destroyed only by the power of God. You wonder why the Bible keeps talking about fleeing youthful loss, fleeing this leaving this, putting this aside and keep wondering why is the Bible always making references in this? But I will tell you, passions, if you find yourself in something that can be talked about, something you're battling with, sort of like an addiction, it's a passion. And the very moment you give in to the passion, what you tell the devil is you concede, you accept, you own me. And the truth is, I think all Christians should recognize and know that there are two forces on the face of the earth today. If you can recognize that the 
there are two forces on the face of the earth today in the old world as wide as it is. Your battle becomes easier. And number two, you should also know that this spiritual world does control the physical. Nothing just happens. Well, personally, I don't know. In my humble opinion, I don't think anything just happens. Things just don't happen. So we all need to look into that, I think. And the fourth thing, the sort of got me bothered again is we sell our souls. There are a lot of people I've heard that sold their souls to the devil. Now, some people think it's a physical act of you give your soul over to the devil and then he takes, uh, you take cash or something. But the truth is, unknowingly, we all sell our souls in certain kind of ways that we do not even know. And that's why there is a need to get closer to God. I ask people, what do you want to gain? What do you want to get? What is so important in gaining the whole world and losing your soul? The funny thing about life is this body, from head to toe, everything here on your body is just a house. I call it a pest house. It's just housing you. The real you is inside. And when a man leaves the mortal plane, his soul goes back to his creator. So if you've achieved everything, for the ones who are old already, you're retiree, you're getting your pension, you have an executor, you've written out your will, and you think, oh, this is perfect, this is fine, I'm, I'm, I'm achieved now. How about your soul? I know that's part of the reason why I read from that scripture in the Bible. And God immediately replied that man. The Bible called him a fool. And God told him today, I am requiring your life from you today, whether you like it or not. And that teaches us something. In everything we do, in everything you do, who do you work for? And the last um, part of this podcast, that's part one, I talked about acknowledging God in the small and big things and the seemingly very infinitesimal. Your thoughts, your ways, your time, what do you do with it? Because every single thing that you do, you would account for it. So I want to quickly define captivity. A lot of us have taskmasters. And your taskmaster doesn't have to be something physical or tangible that you can touch. To be a captive or captivity means to be imprisoned, to be caged, to be incarcerated, to be locked up, to be chained and to be ensnared. So finally today, I still want to ask you, Christian or worldly, Caesar or God, okay? Self-centered or Christ-centered? What are you? Which one are you? Which one am I? And what category do I fall into? Thank you very much, guys. You have any message? You have any um, questions, thoughts, observations? Please let me know and get back to me. Bye, guys.